We are back with another edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Thank you for spending time with us again. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, Fred. Good morning, and with us from Sweden, Michael Senna, publisher of The Dispatcher and transportation consultant. Great to see you again, Michael. Great to be back. Fred, nice having Alan. you. Yes. The November-December edition of The Dispatcher has arrived, and I really enjoyed your, your opening comments, Michael, where you take your readers along on the couple of trips you took over the summer to the U.S. and Canada, uh, fishing and family, I guess we could call it, and, and yeah. your, your, your methods of transportation and observations of how others were getting around. Well, it's yeah, it was the, it was the second the second trip. The first one was was back in in uh, May May and June. This one was particularly for fishing. I didn't. I took two weeks for a one week fishing trip, and getting there and getting back was was um, if you're going to Labrador, and you're going to a place where there's you know, there's no there are no roads. The only way you can get in there is on a is on a float plane. So it's it was a lot of trains, starting with a train trip and planes and automobiles and and float planes and four wheel, all terrain vehicles. Um, but as I said, you know, I didn't need to take this trip, but I did, and I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize for all of the carbon that I put up into the atmosphere because I saw friends that I hadn't hadn't seen in five years, dear friends who I've known for over fifty years, family and and friends. You know you. What do you what do you do? You know, it's it's part of life. Uh, hopefully someday we will have ways of doing that without uh, putting up all the carbon that we do. But we don't. So. I'm not sorry. And well, the value of being in person with with those people. Yeah. Well, it's like seeing you and, and, and uh, Alan back in back in May. I mean, it's, I can't you can't put a price tag on that. It's just it's just. We can share our, our the screens together, but but uh, sharing a meal and share, sharing time together is totally different. So we'll continue doing. Yep, that. I agree one hundred percent. Meanwhile, uh, the lead feature in the latest dispatcher is headlined "The Business of Transport Systems," and you start off with a look at what's coming from Volvo and its owner Geely, and you've got kind of a personal uh, history there, Michael. Yeah, well, I, I worked for Volvo for uh, AB Volvo when Volvo cars and Volvo Volvo trucks and buses were all one company. And uh, yeah, there's a there's a bit of history, and some of my friends who are are with whom I worked or on the mailing list will recognize some of the things. I don't necessarily name names, but uh, they'll it'll be familiar to them. Um, but I start with an out sort of an overview of of the journey that Volvo has taken from being a part of another company or part of a big company to then being part of, of uh, other companies, particularly Ford, and then, and then part of Geely and seeing what it's, what's happened to it over this, the course of these, these years and where it's, where it is now and where it seems to be going. Um, and I use that as a, as sort of an introduction to the, the main point of the article, which is where where is the industry headed? Where is the car, the the car industry, not the not the truck industry, but the car industry? Where is it going? 
I've divided the, the, the car companies into four segments and put the, uh, put the companies into those segments. So on the, the upper left-hand hand side, I've got one company, it's Tesla, where there is a high level of control and by a high level of control, I mean control of everything, control of the the, the value chains, control of of the, the the software, the hardware. Build as much as you can. And in the left hand section, it's a, a limited number of models. And of course, Tesla has a, a very limited number of models. Under under Tesla, on the limited number of model side, I've got two companies, BMW and Mercedes. And these two companies, while they they have a limited number of models, they are also they have also followed the rest of the car industry in having tier one suppliers and tier one two tier two suppliers. So they do a lot of of work themselves, but they also have quite a number of of, um, of partnerships where they're working with companies that that are delivering to them. On the right hand side, I've got companies which have both a large number of models and high level of control. And here I've got Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Kia. These companies have a, a great deal of control over their suppliers. They do quite a lot of work inside. They've got their own research groups. So it's they're closer in terms of control to Tesla than they are to the lower, hands, lower right-hand side where we've got General Motors, Volkswagen, Stellantis, Ford, Nissan, Renault, and the Chinese company, Geely. There are more companies, of course, and you know, we could have SAIC in there and you know, build your dreams, but you know, they're in that segment as well. Um, and what I've done with these with these companies, what I've tried to do is to is to try to understand what the relationship is between how these companies operate and what their potential is for being in business in 20 years. And that's where this next diagram comes into play. What I've done is I've shown, I've taken the, the market capitalization. So market capitalization, when I did this diagram last month for, for Tesla, it was $768 billion. The number of vehicles sold and for Tesla for the the year 2022 and that that's what this diagram is for uh one point approximately 1.4 million it's going to be closer i think it's going to be closer to 2 million this year but this is a a, a, a specific time and place in, in 2022 and the market cap to vehicles sold for tesla is 548 and I've done that for the for the other three groups. So the mark combined market capitalization of Toyota, Honda, and Hyundai Kia is 373 billion. The combined market cap for all of the companies listed in the lower right-hand side is 252 billion. And the market cap for, for BMW and Mercedes is 143 billion. And if you take these these numbers. And, ch and chart them of total vehicles sold, total vehicle sales for, the, for each of these groups by market capitalization, what you've got is a very, 
a very strong picture of Tesla on its own having sold or in the in the process of selling somewhere between 1.5 and 2 million in the next the next uh, next year 2023 um and then comes the, the three others in terms of their market cap to vehicle sold with the the, the largest group Geely, Volks, Volkswagen, et cetera, having sold combined the largest number, but at the same time having the the lowest value, the lowest valuation. And then what I've tried to do in the article is 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 to hypothesize, you know, what is what's the reason for this? What is it that 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 the company is doing? And in this case, what is Tesla doing that's different from what Geely and General Motors and Volkswagen are doing. And then taking that to the to the next step and saying, well, you know, what is the likelihood of these companies continuing to prosper, continuing to grow, or possibly just disappearing? And if we if we look at Stellantis, Stellantis is is Chrysler, Fiat, um, Peugeot, Citroën, is four companies that ten years ago would you would you think of any of, of the, any of these companies merging with one another? Well, Fiat and Chrysler was kind of a crisis after the after the uh, the financial crisis in two thousand nine or so, but the merger with with um, with Peugeot and, and Citroën, I'm not really sure that, that you would think of that. The other thing that I've tried to do is to, is to, to look at Geely, and that's why I've started with Volvo. Look at Geely in terms of what it what it is what it's doing compared to what some of the other companies in the in this group are doing. I mean, Volkswagen has you know, Audi, Volkswagen, Skoda. Um, the um Seat. Now I've I've got diagrams in the in the article which you can see how these companies are are organized. Tesla compared to GM or Tesla compared to to uh to particularly to Geely. I mean Geely has got a, an enormous number of brands that they've they've come out with and they keep popping them out. One of them we're going to talk about a little bit later, Zeker, in the context of of, uh, of providing a, a vehicles to uh, to Waymo. I mean, this is a this is a brand that just suddenly appeared out of nowhere for what I say is absolutely no reason except to 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 garner money through a through a through an IPO. Um, but it's a strategy. Is that strategy going to work? Is that strategy going to be successful in the future? Or is the strategy which Tesla started with and which t Tesla continues, that is, it's the old Ford strategy. It's when Ford said, we're going to own everything. We're going to have, we're going to be responsible for everything because we're not going to give the value of any part of our vehicle to anyone else. And that's Musk's whole idea. That's the, the basic strategy. Um, BMW and Mercedes, to a certain degree, have this. Will they move closer to the Tesla model? I think so. I think they're going to be be doing more and more of their own work as opposed to putting more and more of it out to to tier ones uh, and tier twos. Um, but my take on this, my my bet, is 
that it's in terms of valuation, Toyota is number two. It was number one for quite a long time, but it's number two to, to Tesla. My bet is that Toyota, with its structure, with its with its brands, with its reach, will in 10 to 20 years be around when maybe Tesla won't for other reasons, for many reasons. And and the volatility of the of the of the company, the owner and the the driving force in the company will say a lot about it in the future. So that's what the article is about. Um, it's one that I've I've spent a lot of time thinking about and putting together and there's a lot more in it than, than I've been able to describe here. But uh, that's the basic the basic idea. Well, uh, Michael, you know, the, the way you put this together and um, is is and, and highlighted here is, is so stark. It, it's it's contained in a lot of discussions that are other people's discussions that are out there that sort of suggest this. I don't think they put it in quite the, the same way as you do, so as stark as you do. Uh, but it really is when one sits back and, and looks at this. Uh, you know, we've sort of commented a little bit about it in the past as as you were building up on this. But but uh, and the comparison to Henry, you know, is is in some sense somewhat stark. And you've you've put it together. I mean, you you can imagine doing this chart in you know maybe. Um, uh, 1915 or a hundred years ago, let's put it in, in 1922 with the large number of other car companies that were out there at that time competing with that. And guess what? Who won? I mean, really, Henry, that, that may have been the, the time in which Henry won. And it would be nice to go back and see if we could get the data, put it out there like this mm -hmm. to, to see if if it would look. I'm not sure that necessarily we would, you know, the volume sales out there um, probably aren't. Or it, it, it's it's not the same chart with respect to volume sales, but certainly in terms of the number of, of companies that were out there trying to manufacture vehicles, thinking they could compete, thinking they could probably out there um, maybe um, uh, not having the opportunity to to basically vertically integrate. Not a, it's not really a vertical integration. It's it's a it's a non-vertical disintegration because you know these companies have vertically they could have been vertically integrated, but they've decided that they disintegrated themselves into the entities. And of course, I don't know, as, as the way I sort of read from the outside, again, uh, the industry, it just seems as if Tesla looks around and sees if it, they can buy it and they figure they can make it much better, uh, much more quickly, much better and, and more inexpensively uh, by making it rather than buying it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody always has a make or buy decisions in these things. And, and it seems as if Tesla is making it, is this, has decided making it is, is really the way to go here. And I, that translates into control. I mean, that's the but advantage actually, it, of it. It, it, it translated in, into control, but control translates into holding on to the money that you would normally put out 
I mean, so if you look at you yeah. know, th this all started with the companies beginning to to you know the, the, what's your core competency and this 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 is a strategic you know consulting saying you know core competency that's the most important thing and then you don't need to own everything and so all of the companies like General Motors and Ford and they they lost what they had they gave away most of what they had to their suppliers and then they had turned around and, and ended up not owning anything anything really important and and that's showing up in their valuation what tesla has done tesla rightly musk correctly says the more we own the more value we have the more value we have the more value we can that that people can can put their money in and and own that as well so tesla is a is a clear case of what ford could have been what general motors could have been if they had held on to what they had developed and owned, as opposed to simply saying, it's not our core competency. Our core competency is designing cars. It's not even manufacturing cars. It's not even, it's not even owning all of the components that are in there. We'll let other people do that and then we'll buy it. The problem with that is that when you let other people do it, they can sell that to, to any number of companies and you've got you don't you don't have anything special in your car that the car next to you doesn't have so the companies that are in the in in the top the top group this this group up here the toyota honda honda and kia they own more of of what they've got and if they don't own directly they own it through ownership and very close partnerships with the companies that with whom they're working and this is the Japanese way. It's been the it's been the the uh, South Korean uh, business way as well, as opposed to the the way that the companies have been trying to work. Is a good example of a company that's been trying to get back to own more, and having failure after failure. It's Volkswagen with with its with its software group. You know, it shows how difficult it is once you've let it go to bring it back. And I think that's the, that's the conundrum for even companies like BMW and Mercedes. Uh, they want to bring things back, but it's really difficult to do that. And if you try to do it by by buying a company, then you've got a culture clash that you that you're dealing with. So they could go out and they could buy Conti or they could buy, you know, Bosch. Well, they couldn't, but, but you know, in, in theory they could. Um, but this is why Tesla doesn't want to work with these companies because it's their value. You know, they sell you something, they own it. You you just you kind of rent it for a while, and then they'll they'll come back and you know they'll rent you the next uh, iteration of of their software. I, I think on top of that, it's all it's also a perspective of saying um, an entity is going to go out and manage, as opposed to make. Although if you make yourself, you also have to manage it. But managing an outside entity rather than an inside entity is a whole completely different thing. So are you part of the same team or are you whatever, you know, either way, arms length, who knows what the DD and whatever and, and all the other things that, that go go with that. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, and, and I think certainly one of the things that comes out in the, in the Musk books uh, about, uh, you know, with respect to Musk, is that is that he he wants the designers in the line 
with the manufacturing so that as they iterate this darn thing that they're in close proximity to what's happening as opposed to hey i'm the designer now i have to go deal with an outside entity that's going to do the manufacturing of it and all that i mean I, I guess it's good for the consulting firms and it's good for the McKinsey's of this world or something like that. I don't know what it is, but, but my goodness. Uh, and maybe that's what we, te we've been teaching for the last 50 years um, in, in, in our, our best universities is, Oh, I, I can just manage this stuff. And, you know, I've, uh, and as long as I have two suppliers, I can get them to compete against each other or whatever. Exactly. As opposed exactly. to having a vision, damn it, and we're going down this road. And, and you know, it's to me, it, it the, the Tesla dynamic looks, I don't know that much about it, all the same as the Henry dynamic. Uh, and we know what happened with the Henry dynamic. And and it looks like, I mean, you, you look at not only the vehicle, but, but how it's being fueled, where the energy is going to come from. And, you know, at least what I unfortunately happen to listen to is is the continued even today, given all the problem that driverless has and so on, the 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 drumbeat that the real uh, big potentially volatile value of Tesla is in the whole uh, automation robo taxi. A thing and um, and I, I don't I don't believe that. that I know you don't I mean, believe that. I, know, but I don't believe that. But, yeah, but, Tesla's Tesla's value is is clear. It's there today, and they're not they're they're not delivering robo taxis. They're not what they're doing is that they're delivering cars. Tesla is a car company. They're delivering cars. They're doing it in a way that that they're generating more and more sales with that with less and less. With less and less cost and less and less investment, I mean, part of what they're doing is is you could say they have non-unionized workers. You know, Tesla workers make twenty percent, thirty percent less than than a Detroit worker, and it's going to give even even more. Um, but th that's all part of it. That's part of the you know that's part of the entire approach. It's it's a singular approach, which is very simple. We're going to deliver cars, we're going to make money on those cars, and we're going to make more and more. Musk has said we're going to be first to 20 million. I say Toyota is going to be first to 20 million, and that's if I'm if I'm betting, you know, what I'm putting my money in. I I own Teslas. I don't I own I own Toyotas. I don't own own Teslas. I'm betting that it's going to be Toyota and not Tesla. But I could lose. Tesla could easily get to 20 million if they keep doing things right. Uh, but will will Geely get to 20 million? Uh, will BYD get to 20 million? Maybe, but they they've got a they've got a wind in the sail. That wind is coming from from Beijing. Um, you know we don't. There's no wind and the, there's wind in Tesla's sails as well, but they're different. I mean they're all over the place. They're building in China. They're building in Germany. They'll build in other countries. They're building in the U.S. But what I've tried to do in this article is just open up the, the discussion so that people can begin thinking about how they're making these their decisions and then decide what to do based on that.
but uh, okay. just to debate it with you just a little bit, and and of course you've you've looked at it much much more deeply and from the inside that that I haven't had the opportunity to see, uh, but but I still look at 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 the the sort of the vertical assembly integration of the of Tesla uh, being in all these pieces um uh that um and 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 actually one could argue maybe being in the front of all these pieces whether they're in the front or not in the front uh, in the front of the of the of the fueling of electric vehicles in the front of the storage in the front of the of the distribution in the front of the gigafactory manufacturing facilities um I don't know how to. Uh, I haven't seen a good comparison of what workers make at Tesla versus what the new UAW contract is. I mean, I think one has to break it down to um, 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 which employees are, is one talking about, because in fact, um, the whole issue of where the industry is going is that the is that the the UAW worker of the 1950s and 1960s is not the UAW member of the 2030s. Um, it's a, I think it's a, the, the amount of automation the, uh, that, that exists in the production of the vehicle itself is, I think, vastly changing, or that's my perception from, again, not a really in-depth look at, at the darn thing um, but um, but uh, to get to the 20 million uh, number if that's really the the aspiration to get to the 20 million uh, to sell the 20 million one your price level has to be down such that the demand can afford to pay for it it's not the luxury good of the selling of the you know of a million or a half a million or 150,000 vehicles or 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 128 vehicles whatever where you can afford uh, where where you where your margins are so great on on each vehicle sale that you don't have to sell so many and that's you know what creates the luxury good uh, bubble uh the 20 million is the uh, uh, number is is the is the is a you know is, is that's a consumer product and um, and therefore in terms of of producing it um you can't afford much labor input into that darn thing uh, because uh, because it's a labor input per unit and that labor input per unit for for luxury good ends up being a whole lot greater than the human labor input per entity at the 20 million level so all that fits into all this discussion here and and who's going to survive out there to do that which is the whole question here is is what you put in there so go ahead michael let's (laughs) this is why we enjoy doing this right yeah bmw bmw mercedes is selling i mean at the end of this year tesla is going to be selling about the same number of cars same number of cars as, as bmw sells and Mercedes sells, yeah. Each, yeah. Um, you know, is Tesla a luxury brand? From my standpoint, it's not, based on on the, the finish mm-hmm. and everything else. But it's got 
very few brand, very few models, and those models are covering a great number of of prospective buyers. They're not luxury buyers, but to the extent that they're they have to pay a lot of money for a Tesla puts them into a luxury category, but they're not luxury buyers. In a Model 3 buyer is not buying a luxury car. They're buying a car that's electric and they're paying a, they're paying a premium for that. And I mean, if, if they get to 20 million, they're going to have people who, who would normally buy a, maybe not a Rolls Royce, but buy a Mercedes, who are going to be buying a Tesla for reasons that only they can decide. So I don't see this as a as a luxury. You know, the Tesla is going to Tesla is going to move down into the into the in, into the Stellantis arena uh, in order to sell twenty million cars. I don't see that happening, and I say that clearly in the. I think I say it clearly in the article. They're going to get to twenty million cars by stealing all of the the buyers of cars from everybody else. Yeah. Well, what I what I mean by by luxury uh, good, I, I don't. Uh, I don't use the. I'm not using the general term of a luxury good. I I consider maybe it's only me. I consider a luxury good in which its sales cost, what you get in revenue, is a whole heck of a lot more than what it costs you per unit to manufacture it. Okay, so in a in a consumer product, there's very little margin per unit, and therefore to make any amount of money, you got to sell a whole heck of a lot of them. Whereas in the in the luxury market, um, uh, the amount that you make on any one uh, is very large, so that you don't end up having to sell so many to have enough of a margin to be able to stay in business. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean that I'm looking at it that way, and and really to me. <clears throat> where Tesla is, when I look at it, I look at it as in their the expected sale of 1.8 million vehicles this year. Okay, their margin, while they've reduced their pricing to be able to sell the 1.2, the revenue to sell the 1.8 million vehicles this year, they're they're they've taken a reduction in the margin so that they can then you know, go expand out on the demand curve to have more people buy them and 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 so to be able to sell them. But that then when you sum up over the the margin per vehicle that they're that they're getting and their 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 profitability is is really attractive. And then if you then take that out to be able to get to the valuation piece the seven hundred and sixty eight billion and and see how you extrapolate that out because that's an expected um, uh, integral of the margin over all the products sold in the in the future. If you believe Wall Street, uh, then then in fact that's the positioning that that they're making and that they expect to to be able to reduce reduce the price. And, and maybe reduce the margin, but that reduction in price allows them to be able to go and sell 20 million vehicles and therefore amass enormous profits out of this. So um, anyway, that's the way I think about it, whether or not I don't want to compete with the economists. I am not an economist. I don't want to suggest I'm an economist. I buy high, sell low. What are you <laughs> going to do? This is a great chart. I mean, I showed this to my students on, uh, we went through this on Wednesday. And I mean, 
whoa, I mean, this is this is such a telling chart, as well as the other graph. Terrific, uh, Michael. Thank you. And uh, sort of related to all this, of course, uh, Alan, in the Smart Driving Cars newsletter, you're starting with a piece by Glenn Mercer headlined Thoughts on the China Export Boom. And that's something that uh, I know Michael's focused on for, for quite some time. Quite a while, yes. <laughs> yeah, and and th that's fine. And I think it ties in with this sort of other article in which, in which you know, one of the brands that, new brands that Michael just mentioned uh, out there, you know, putting out there, I guess it suggests that they're giving proposals to Waymo as to be Waymo's vehicle manufacturer. Right. Zika, and I mean, every Zika time I see CM, that. CM1E, yeah. you want to be the next robo-taxi from Waymo. Yeah, well, I would want to be the next robo-taxi too. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of wannabes out there. I, you know, I understand. I understand the wannabe, but but my goodness, are you going to be? And um I, that one, given the, the the geopolitical structure, I can't see that happening. I mean, and I don't even under. I mean, I I'm I'm I've been looking for for the articles or the the press releases out of Waymo that would say refute this. Hey, we don't know these guys. <laughs> what the heck? But but apparently they do. I mean, otherwise they'd be out there saying, hey, because if I was out there, hey, I want to do a vehicle. I want to be the Waymo's vehicle manufacturer. If I went out there, Fred, Fred, we're going to be Waymo's vehicle manufacturer. Let's see. Let's see how quickly the press release comes. Oh, Kornhauser's full of whatever, you know. I mean, he can't do it. He's a, he, he, he can't. And, and I just, I mean, I don't, I, what? Really, we would permit that, okay? We we would allow that. The you know, given all the buy American and everything that's uh, that's in batteries and everything else and all that stuff, that's not going to come out. And and then then somebody's going to go out and, and then point to to the Tesla's predictions of robo taxis really being where we're all going to be. And all of a sudden, this is we're all going to be in robo taxis. Uh, from a Chinese China. manufacturer, I, I don't believe it. Okay, but <laughs> I'm just sitting here um, stirring the pot, I guess. And and I, Waymo, come on, you need a vehicle, okay? Well, they have they have they started with they started with the the Chrysler Pacifica, which was perfect for their it, it for their application. Like <clears throat> and then they moved they moved to. Uh, to a Jaguar SUV, yeah, which was, you I, know. I see is less less perfect, but it was more. Let's say people people felt more special riding around in a Jaguar than they did riding around in a you know in a Chrysler right. Pacifica, you know, mom's, mom's guess, taxi. I guess that uh, what Waymo wants is Waymo one to be to be a luxury good, mm. and we're seeing, and I guess luxury good is with. Jaguar, okay, and that's fine. And is it really with Geely? First of all, cut it out. Secondly, I mean, you know, at least Jaguar is—I don't know—has some USA roots. And then, and then, and 
And then uh, we sure get to it. G- I'm not sure what the USA roots of Jaguar are, but well, do you I think mean, this has, Ford, Alan, didn't Ford own it or somebody or I don't Alan, know what. Might the, this yeah. have something yeah. to do with yes. Cruz, yeah. Cruz having the origin, and this uh, this vehicle, the Zeker, is also uh, one without a steering wheel, etc. So I mean, if if the origin comes out for Cruz, Cruz being their major competition, I guess right now. Uh, at least that was the case. Oh, geez, when, you're when setting me up, Fred. You're setting me up, whatever. Um, sure, of course they need a vehicle like 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 Origin, okay? But where are you going to get this vehicle? Well, that's where, okay. that's where Zeker is local saying Motors, local, local Motors was a U.S. company. They could have gone in there and tried to make help local motors you know, do that. There are other U.S. companies, I guess. Uh, you know, Stellantis could build them a vehicle, I guess. Ford could build them a vehicle, I mm-hmm. guess. Sure. Maybe they could set up a, you know, Tesla 2 company that would build them vehicles, I guess. They tried to build a vehicle themselves and decided, maybe appropriately so, that they weren't vehicle manufacturers, that they could find a vehicle manufacturer who would give them. Maybe they should, you know, be with Volkswagen. Volkswagen has this Volkswagen bus, okay? <clears throat> but to do it with a Chinese company, I'm sorry. I What, to, 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 so that maybe then this company can take Waymo 1 into China? And then, and then they can now give rides to, you know, luxury rides to everybody in China. China, in my view, China, talk about something that's never going to happen. The, the Waymo One driver stack, as I see it, it probably is 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 the the best spy stack ever made by man or woman. Would China really let an, a, a U.S.-made spy stack drive around all the streets in China? Never. I mean, they wouldn't even let me collect GPS data and try to do a, a you know, a turn-by-turn navigation system with 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 data on uh, on where the streets are. I mean. <laughs> I really never did that. I only thought of doing that. Otherwise, they're going to come and get me. Or, you know, couldn't even take, couldn't even have a GPS receiver. They're not going to put on these vehicles to give luxury rides throughout China a stack made by, by Alphabet. No way. I I don't know. I'll throw this in. What what's happening with all the uh, Teslas being sold in in china with with that kind of I, they, technology. were they manufactured are they ma- manufactured in fremont no they're manufactured in china who knows what the heck's going on in there who knows really what what the software that's going on in there i don't know i mean i i, I don't know if it's the same software stack that 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 comes in the eye does do, I don't. Maybe somebody, you know, write it down in the description below and, and whatever. <laughs> Tell us if, if in fact, you know, uh, Tesla is out there doing over-the-air updating from who knows what Fremont or where I guess Austin of vehicles in China. 
I don't know what the over-the-air updating process is. And I don't know. I, I hope somebody, you know, sends me a link and tells me what, what it is or writes it in the description below and, 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 and lets us know. I, I, I One thing I do know it. is that if, huh? if you if you're if you're doing any work involving updating of data or including maps mm -hmm. or anything else of software. The, the regulations that I know about, they're not written down, but they're the unstated regulations in China is that the server must be in China. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gone, it all has to be controlled. And they're not, I mean, China's not that stupid. I mean, it's not they, that how would they, the how would they or... let, how would they let, how would they let the National Security Agency of the USA be there, you know, basically with cameras driving around all the streets and lidars and smidars and radars and bidars and everything else. Yeah, are, are we? I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm well, we as as that, Alan that wouldn't would happen, say, would it? We don't. We don't know what we don't know, right? Yeah, no, and I don't want to know. Okay, but I'm just out here speculating. Sorry, I mean, you know. Whatever. Well, the thing is, the, the, what I found interesting about the about this connection between Zika or Geely and and uh, Waymo was that this, the choice of, of Zika. As I said earlier, Zika is a brand that I never felt should exist. What what Zika is doing is, and Lincoln Co. and a couple of other brands that are that come out of Geely is basically taking sales away from from Volvo. I mean, totally unnecessary. Polestar is another example. That brand could have easily been and was Polestar was part of Volvo. They owned it. They gave it away essentially and made it a separate separate brand of vehicle when it was a was a model within the the Volvo uh, stable. And then these companies, you know, essentially are just taking pieces of of what what was Volvo and making them into other companies so that they can go do an IPO and bring money in. Zeker as a car, where, where did it come from? Suddenly it was in, you know, out of, out of thin air, you've got a car called Zeker being made by Geely that's, that's called a luxury car. And that luxury car is in, in the context of, of all of the brands is considered higher luxury than Volvo. I mean, how? How, does, how, do, how do they do this? But there's a there's a lot of, of sleight of hand that goes into this. So if if I were were Waymo, looking for a real partner to to work with, particularly in the United States, would I go to China and pick a car that's not even you know they've sold several several thousands of these cars? Would I choose a Zeker? No, I wouldn't. So I don't know what's going on here. I have no idea what the what what the what's behind this thing be, between uh, Waymo and and uh, Julie, but there must be something. There must certainly be something. So, so how well is Polestar doing, and and how are their financials, and what is their stock price, and and so on, and 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 I mean, you look you look at sort of what happened, what happened in the driverless truck business. Mm -hmm. I mean, Aurora went went public on a SPAC. 
I yep. mean, you know, and they have a, they have a, you know, they're, uh, they just announced their quarterly reports and so on, put out a press release about how they're going to do stuff in 2024 and so on. And they've got, and we're still at a gonna stage and I, I yep. wish them the best They're to me, they're, you know, they're the best of, of the bunch, but where's their stock price? Buck 75. I mean, you know, and where where did it come out at? I guess like all SPACs, it came out at eleven or wherever the wherever the heck SPACs came out. These things have all been these things have been Wall Street entities to get investors during the <laughs> two years ago when everything was going nuts. Mm-hmm. I was I bought high. I'm selling low. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, oh, geez, don't listen to me. <laughs> Mo- moving on in the in the smart driving cars <laughs> newsletter, Alan, uh, Uber and Lyft have agreed to pay a combined three hundred twenty eight million dollars for withholding money from drivers. This is a settlement in a case brought in by New York State. Eligible drivers are going to be able to file claims, I guess, for a piece of that. And and Uber and Lyft have agreed to an earnings floor for drivers outside of New York City of twenty six dollars an hour. Yeah some comments about that i think i think that's great i mean uber drivers deserve to earn uh, you know a, a living and be able to feed their families for giving rides that you know uber and lyft should not be making money on the backs of people you know working for nothing and and um, and it's it's a great employment mechanism that allows people who basically um, allows them to think that they can run their own they can run their own business or choose their own times and get the flexibility. I think that's all fantastic. And I use them all the time. Not all the time. All the time I go to Newark Airport, that's for sure. Because mm-hmm. uh, me and the alternative is. Whatever, and it's great. Are they going to end up pricing themselves out of, hey, I can't afford it anymore? Uh, likely. Um, and and they certainly haven't priced themselves in the situation in which I'll just take them, you know, when I'm pulling money out of my own pocket as opposed to, you know, having the university pay for it. And so, um, yeah, but I... I if we're going to provide good mobility, we've got to provide good mobility affordably, and the affordably has to be to be such that the cost of doing that, so that in production everybody gets paid, but when you add up the cost of doing that, it's it's affordable, and and um, you know to me the approach of doing it with a chauffeur, uh, chauffeurs have never been in history affordable and i don't know how we make um make chauffeuring affordable in the future unless of course you know which is my motivation for being done this uh we use the moore's law and 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 um and the and and the advances in the information age such that information is now digital such as its replication is it as is actually essentially zero in other words we've gone way down on the cost curve on that it's not we have scribes writing the code of waymo one driver (laughs) i mean think about it (laughs) we have now you know and we do regressions using dojo 10 to the eighth uh holding point instructions per 
per second computation engines, which is the which is the 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 real engine, I think behind behind Tesla to be able to do this and do this for practically nothing, then maybe we can give rides that are affordable. Um, but you know, the, the I, question here is really whether these Uber and Lyft. Let's Lyft is. Yeah. I don't know Lyft very well. Yeah. I don't I love understand Lyft. how they're still in business, but Uber, they have a they have a history of doing nasty stuff. I mean, what <laughs> are these guys? Were, is it just we're going to give you a slap on the hand on the wrist and it's three hundred twenty eight million dollars worth of of uh, money? Did they do something illegal? Or I didn't quite understand what they were doing. If they were withholding three hundred twenty eight million dollars from from drivers and the drivers have a have a right to get this money how did they do that i mean well it sounds well, to me like they they were doing something that they the, they should be put in jail for uh i guess you you have to this this is this is in new york state also and in new york state i guess you get put in jail for certain things and not put in jail for other things i guess you know i don't know uh, to what extent white collar crime in new york is is really prosecuted or not prosecuted uh, we don't want to go into that michael that okay. is that is yeah, just I mean, such a oh my goodness uh, yeah but i'll tell you uh, one thing if i want if we're if we're running a business for people who need a ride and that business is going to be driverless. If if this shows what kind of companies Uber and Lyft are, I wouldn't want them anywhere near that. Of course you know, not. These guys and, and, and they have nothing to bring. And, that, no, and that's the whole no. that's the whole no. that that gets us to the whole business of Waymo joining up with, with Uber. What is that all about? Okay. Next, what is that's that? The next, what is that's the, Uber, what is Uber bringing to Waymo? They have the the app. Great Uber, you did a great job with the app. The app is really good. I mean, whenever in my class when I talk about these kind of hey, this is a great app. Okay, Uber, Uber app. Uber's app. Okay. Mm -hmm ride hailing app it lets you see the car it takes you know the fundamental potential sketchiness out of a thing you can see it coming the problem with taxis as you call them you didn't know that they, they they didn't keep you informed i can look at my app i can see exactly where the car is i can see it coming and if it does a little tweak i call the guy up and or gal up and say hey did you forget about me or you why aren't you still coming to get me and I, i'm i'm the worst customer in the because i have this great app Okay, Jesus. Yeah, I mean the app, the app trivial to create. You know to leapfrog that. I mean that's what people do with apps. Okay, you know, who knows? Very few. So you know that app, that app is is not is not to me the underpinning of Uber. Okay. But Waymo must and, have Waymo have must have the same type of app. Yeah, they, of course they do. Yeah, and it so, might be even better because guess what? They build it on top of that, and I'm sure they have to make sure about IP and make sure they do 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 and all the other mm -hmm. stuff and so on and you know yeah. spend their. But of course it is. Okay, so, so so what what is what is Uber bringing to the Waymo party? 
uh, a fee for the use, a finder's fee. Waymo is paying a finder's fee to Uber for finding a ride for Uber, for, for Waymo. For Waymo. Yeah. Waymo's, Waymo's in the business of giving rides. Okay. Okay. To get people to request a ride or to get it to serve people, you know, instead of dialing up a cab company or instead of dialing up an Uber, an Uber, I can then be as a visitor to, to Phoenix with my Uber app mm-hmm. and say, oh my goodness, the things, the, the, the rides that are being offered to me are, you know, a stretch limo, a black car, uh, who knows what, um, um, Hyundai or, or Yugo and, 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 and a Waymo. Okay. And there are prices there and I get to pick one and I look at, Oh, driverless who I'm going to pick it. And so, and so Waymo would not have had an opportunity to find me. So they they pay a finder's fee to Uber for me to then pick that. That's, it's gotta be, that's the only business case that could be there. Okay. And then a Waymo picks me up and I take my selfie and I know what to do, da 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 done. And it's every, everything's fine. Okay. And I have the university pay for whatever because of course I'm not a very good good professor and you know, I don't look at you know, if somebody else is paying, what do I care? And you know, and I take it. Well the the question I mean it's 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 clear that Waymo wins in this situ- situation because they're getting a they're getting a ride that's pushed over what is what is uber getting out of this what is the they, uber they, driver they get the finder's fee yeah but they yeah, get the they get is, they they get they get this 20%, is another case they get 20% of what i'm charged or what i don't know what the, they didn't publish they it, don't tell me and i don't even want to ask them because they're not going to tell me anyway they're going yeah, to consider it doesn't tell you okay but what what this what is the doing revenue is, share is it's taking rides it's taking rides away from uh, from Uber drivers. Yeah, Uber drivers are getting diddly squat from this. Yeah, right. Uber is getting the money for as a finder's fee, but the but the the drivers aren't getting anything. Of course, because the drivers aren't aren't doing anything. They aren't giving me the ride. The Waymo one driver is giving me the ride. The Waymo one driver deserves the eighty percent or this or whatever. If I would have chosen instead an Uber driver, then the then then the Uber driver would get would would, would get that money. All all Uber is getting, I guess, is the finder's fee. Okay. Now, the finder's fee is produced by the Uber app. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, once I ride a Way- Waymo One, I'm sure Waymo One probably knows who wrote it, and then they're sending me email, or certainly Google knows. Every time I then go up Google, they've had their Chat GPT thing. Oh, Alan, take Waymo One now. You just enjoyed a ride Waymo One. How the hell did you know I enjoyed a ride Waymo? Oh, don't worry, we know. Uh, okay, fine, and download this app. And so, if you were I mean, the if tough were, thing of any business, the t- you know this, the tough thing of any business is getting a customer. 
And then once you want that customer, you want to keep it. Okay. The tough thing about the tough thing about Uber's business, yeah, is getting drivers and keeping drivers and not yes, I understand. Not not having them go someplace else. If I were an Uber driver, how would I feel in Phoenix? How would I feel about this? Uh, I would feel, oh my goodness, um, I'm not the happiest camper in the world. Okay, I'm, I'm, no. I'm there. I'm there. Geez, if this happened in New York, I, I would be suing and whatever, and getting Uber to shut this thing down. But this now, but now this assumes. This assumes that the prices that are offered to me on the Uber app probably have that the Waymo system is even more expensive than the Uber driver. Okay? Uh, Because, of course, uh, the Waymo is a luxury driverless. Oh, my goodness. I can take a selfie. I'm not going to take a selfie in 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 a, in an Uber with an Uber driver. Waymo even puts out a commercial, put out on X, this thing, basically displaying the potential sketchiness of an Uber driver or of of a ride hailing driver. I mean, you know, the company. <laughs> How can a company who's established a partnership with another company, in fact, in one of its ads, show the potential fundamental sketchiness of the way that other company does business? I mean, (laughs) who does this? I once once tried to get a – I sent a proposal to UPS – because they needed some work that I thought ALK could do and you know mm-hmm. help them in their in their logistics and so on. And I sent them a response to their request for a proposal by FedEx and they got it <laughs> in a FedEx. <laughs> uh-huh. You think we you think we won that one, Michael? That's how I, stupid I am. Okay. Uh, Holy uh, hell. I mean <laughs> You know, in, in, it's true. In, in, it's true. It's true. They must have had a good story, Alan. Must have had a good laugh. The, uh, uh, whatever in response you want, to what you were saying some. about the cost of the rides, uh, Uber has said that the cost of the ride, uh, driverless ride from Waymo, is the same, comparable. It's so the, the same. Right. <laughs> and and Lewis Aaron, my student, my former student, sent in an email. Oh my goodness. Waymo is going to capture human uh, um, oriented uh, capture revenue from a human oriented good using robo costs. Okay, guess what the margin is to Waymo on that, like this. Because they get to set the the price of this thing at the same price as if you had to pay a human. So a Mm -hmm. robo is earning what a human earns. At scale, guess what it costs you to do things robo style? That's why it ends up that's the luxury good biz- uh, aspect of this thing. 
were in mm-hmm. fact, what could they be doing if they were really in the business of giving rides to people who needed rides? Guess what they would do? They they take that that margin that they're making, that luxury margin, and squeeze it down to this. Why? So that they can move along the demand curve and serve people who really needed rides. And guess what? They'd scale. And I think this the integral or the sum over that scale of that of that scaled market gives Alphabet greater profits than by sitting there luxury gooding it. Will he you know in cahoots with uh, with Uber? I can't understand this business case going forward. Now, you know, I could be wrong that in fact, you know, because of their their the efficiency by which a robo driverless vehicle can give rides is such that of course it then creates a demand that is like whatever that achieves that. But guess what? Guess what this guy did? This guy made, you know, the the incremental the the cost of this thing such that such that the volume was such that people would would find ways and afford it and it became it became a volume product. And you know, all the other ones in which technology has gone in there and, and made it so that laptops, you name it. So that even kids have screens in front of them, you couldn't do that if 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 um, Intel had decided to basically price its stuff in cahoots with a, you know, with, with a with a um, I don't know Abacus manufacturer who had an app to sell Abacai to people, <laughs> handmade and whatever with that amount of productivity available to do computations, we wouldn't have this stuff. I don't know. Again, I'm not an economist and everybody knows it, So, but I'm just sitting here arguing. Moving on in the newsletter, Alan, I think uh, we got a couple of other headlines to touch on quickly. Um, Tesla has won its first U.S. autopilot trial involving a fatal crash. You have that in there a victory for tesla well it's a it's unfortunate for the for what you know the crash and people died here and we have to you know i mean there's no way to do business and 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 whatever but you know um um, driving is a privilege and it requires responsibility for the individual and everybody should realize that drives a vehicle irrespective of what you know some name might be or some whatever commercial might suggest or what some perception in your mind might be you got to pay attention and in the end you know the responsibility is yours that's what the do it yourself giving of right the business is if 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 you're doing it yourself to give yourself a ride right now the way the world exists you're the responsible entity if somebody else decides to take the responsibility of giving you a ride then they they really have to be giving you a ride and they end up having to be really responsible 
and I and you know the whole the, all this stuff is in the gray area between those two pieces. And we would, of course, like to get to a point in which these things are giving people rides. But whenever that happens, by whomever, if ever that happens, that entity has to be responsible for that ride then. And it can be switching back and forth. It can be like a hot potato. Oh, you have it. No, I have it. No, you have it. Which is a challenge. But, you know, to it, I think, you know, again, for Tesla, while there may be commercials and there may be, you know, out there in the dark web, light web, who knows what information, whatever that comes on top of you and on top of all of us, some suggestion that, that my goodness, you know, Audi, you know, had, had a car commercial in which it showed a car climbing the, the Great Wall. Oh, my goodness. My car can climb the Great Wall. You know, uh, Jeeps are always shown going down, you know, creeks and ravines. And, you know, and how many of these commercials does one see on TV in which people are out in the open freedom, whatever, not even another car around? I don't know. When I go out in Route 1, it's when people go out in the 405 in L.A., much more entertaining than showing a parking lot, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to need to. I'm going to need to yeah. read the um, the case and see see how they came to the the conclusion. It's. I mean, Tesla's defense in all these cases is that the driver is responsible. <clears throat> we tell the driver you can't. You have to keep your eyes on the road, et cetera, et cetera. So, from the from the from that standpoint, it's very difficult for a judge to say. You know, you've implied through your advertising, or for whatever other reason, yeah. this. But the, as, as far I don't know is was the the driver was was held responsible in a civil court for for this. And now what the, what the parents were doing is going after Tesla and claiming that Tesla, with deeper pockets, was the responsible party. I think that's the situation. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, that, that may be a, a cruel way to put it. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's the discussion that, you know, when, 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 in fact, one is, 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 is mourning, and one is, I mean, you know, these are tough situations, one wants to, you know, who's at fault, and it's tough to, tough to say, hey, you know, it's on me, because I was, I, who knows, whatever, not paying attention, or as we call it, you know, I, I just want to call it misbehavior, you know, because the misbehavior that exists is, is, is like the, like the cruise crash in, in San Francisco, look, I mean, you know, the person is jaywalking, the other, the car, hits hits her takes off and then you know the body fl uh, flies up or whatever and made right in front of the cruise vehicle which at this point whoa do everything i can and runs over you know tragic but but you know the start forget about all the other things that go on you know, it starts with with a it with with 
misbehavior on part of the pedestrian, you know, uh, jaywalking and and total misbehavior on the part of the driver, um, you know, not only hitting her for who knows, whatever, but then taking off, running. Okay. Now, of course, you know, I didn't know I hit her. I, I, who knows? I, I don't want to, please, I didn't say that. Um, but, uh, you know, these are tragic cases. These are just tragic cases. And and one looks at them, I think, um, I'm not sure if it's in this one or the next one, uh, the, the, the number of pedestrian deaths uh, due to automobiles in the U.S., it's, it's out of control. We have that in the, in the latest newsletter. Yeah, I, think, I guess City I have Plus. that. Yeah. Yeah, they say U.S. drivers kill twenty pedestrians a day. Um, there's a chart showing Black or African American pedestrians face nearly double the risk as white pedestrians. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, tragedy upon tragedy. Uh, my wife Elizabeth, I think both of her grandmothers died in crosswalks. I mean, you know, there. This is, you know, and 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 as we've said from you know all eleven years of this stuff that we've been putting this thing out, that probably the 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 technology piece of this thing, should, the most valuable piece of it was what we call it safe driving technology. Put the automated emergency braking systems into cars that actually work and don't hit pedestrians. We have the technology to do that now. And the technology probably has has such low um, 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 failure rates that 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 inadvertent uh, decelerations really aren't going to occur except extremely rarely and and driving public put up with that okay it's don't turn the darn thing off don't require to to be turned on don't make it only a warning make it a damn stop automated emergency braking system on all the time that works. The car companies should be doing it. The car companies, what, in 2015 or whatever, said about 2020, 2022 or something like that, they were all going to put this stuff in there that works. It works a lot better now than did whatever, you know, five years ago when we were looking at those IVHS uh, uh, videos showing, you know, at 12 miles an hour with a with a stationary object, pop a boom. It didn't, I mean, and there are star ratings that are being put out and, and given to that, but it, it should just work. So if we really want to, you know, lobby for something lobby the industry to do that because this this pedestrian stuff and this bicyclist stuff and this you know hitting things in front of you the backup ones work okay at least that's the latest data that's come out that the backup ones work why because oh you're not going more than five miles an hour and two you know (laughs) just because it stops you when you're backing up you're kind of thankful oh i didn't see that Okay. Oh, Jesus, it's a kid. Oh, my goodness. 
and and those the, the automated ones work but they can work up to you know 70 miles an hour 75 miles an hour i think or hell if we can't get that to work then what are we even thinking about you know providing driverless mobility at an affordable price to to um to people who to change their lives and 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 provide real value out there to the society. I mean, for to that, that sounds really like a great a topic ride. for 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 a book. Have you guys? <laughs> yeah, poor Michael and I are. You know, it's amazing. You know, there, there's the other thing that I have in there from Safe. Safe's a good entity, and they're looking at at you know the value of 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 driverless mobility and giving people rides in San Francisco and talk about, uh, you know, the, the air pollution and noise about, uh, reduction uh, associated with these things. And then they talk about all the other values of, of, of driverless mobility, including, you know, of course, safety and whatever. They don't talk about affordability. No. They don't talk about the opportunity to scale this thing such that the cost of the driver is essentially zero in giving a ride. Okay. And that's how you get affordability. But you get affordability as long as the person that's giving you that ride doesn't want to make absolutely luxury scale profits off of it. Making claims that driverless cars are more energy efficient is so ridiculous it's not even worth commenting on to, to say that driverless cars are safer than than um, cars with with experienced drivers at that this are not point in that, time that, is that are also not ridiculous. misbehaving that are not misbehaving throw that one on there that are not misbehaving is also ridiculous ridiculous but but the issue that we've taken up in our book uh, the real case for for driverless mobility is what we feel is the important issue. If you're going to, the main advantage of a driverless vehicle for providing rides is that you do not have the cost of the driver, which is the principal cost for any chauffeured type of, of, uh, of driving, whether it's a taxi or a bus or any type of, of, of transportation where someone is paid or you have the equivalent of payment where someone is providing you with a, with a, a service that he, he or she isn't taking money for, but is doing it as a favor. You know, if, if a, a family member is taking you on a regular basis to places, their time is worth something. They're doing it as a favor. Maybe they aren't doing it you know, maybe they didn't have something else to do that they could be doing, but not everybody has that opportunity either. There are a lot of people who don't have, you know, friends or family who could could take them to, to doctors and places where they need to go on a daily, on a maybe on a weekly basis, or getting to work. And that's one one thing that we've we definitely have addressed. <clears throat> people who need need transportation that buses and certainly not taxis can provide at a reasonable cost. And getting them there on a daily basis, when and when they need to to be there, and when they need to come home. So that's that's what the book is about, and we're hoping that um, you know it'll it'll get past all the noise, and people will begin to think about this, the issue of driverless, 
from the standpoint of that that we've written about and not these ridiculous issues of of you know being better for the environment or you know less noise and less pollution that's well, important the, pub too. the publisher is Elsevier and we're going to look publisher forward is in, in January yes. is that that's that's the plan that's the plan and and I think I want to add on top of it but it turns out that that if you do this then you can all the other stuff also comes along you know all the all the opportunities to do whatever you want with the environment, whatever, and so on comes along. And the safety thing, in fact, you know, because these things won't misbehave. They, 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 they like us, not everything is associated with misbehaviors. There are some things that we didn't know. And therefore, who never thought of that one. And really, those things those things happen with us as humans and they're going to happen with that uh, with with the uh, driverless um you know but those are the those are the small pieces you know everybody in sweden behaves and guess what the the the, the crash rate and the it's way lower than the u.s rate that's true okay yeah. way lower what you know factor of five or something like that i mean it's it's way lower uh, you know look up the number uh, and 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 so you know the just that in and of itself that would allow us if we did that in the u.s allow us to catch up to sweden <laughs> i mean you know and but there's more that you could get on the safety thing probably as the system but the affordability piece to give people rides when they really need them and in a, in a in a in a way that that is that, that has a level of service that is substantially better than what transit can do now in places where transit has a great level of service fine that's not the market people can continue to do that thrilled for them okay no problem but if you look at the spatial temporal distribution of travel demand in a way that we've decided to organize ourselves in 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 a living and working and playing environment transit unfortunately can't handle it okay and this fills those gaps and the gaps happen to be, you know, really big because large. at least in the U.S., you know, transit is what at best 3% of the trips, 2% of the trips, 4% of the trips, half of which are in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. You know, what happens in Indiana? What happens in South Carolina? What happens in North Carolina and Florida, the, 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 Texas, the, 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 where people need rides? Anyway, <laughs> hope. It's in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> and the title again, The Real Case for Driverless Mobility. Mobility. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you, Michael, for spending time with us again. Just My pleasure, as, as always. always fun. The website is michaelsena.com. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, wherever you turn to for podcasts as well. Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever. Smart speakers can play us too. 
You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening or watching. Please continue to stay safe. And have a great weekend.